0: Oh, I can hear that. Yeah, that's not annoying at all. Okay. Anyway, Uh, yeah. Welcome to uh, week nine hundred and fifteen of the Crankcast. I hope Uh, I'm keeping track, okay? Because when we miss weeks, I have to count back.
1: How are you? It's been a while. It has been, about three
0: weeks-ish. How was your trip to bubblegum?
1: To bubblegum? Sorry, Belgium. Why did you say bubblegum?
0: I don't know. Just felt like it. (laughs) Felt right at the time.
1: Do you feel dumb now?
0: Not particularly, do you? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Mm. Mm. I don't like how this conversation's going. Is
0: it true that everything in Belgium actually is made of chocolate?
1: Uh, well, see, they talk about the Belgian chocolate, but I went to Switzerland, and that's the the big daddy chocolate.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nobody ever says Swiss chocolate. They always say Belgian chocolate.
1: They do? Well, except unless I you're
0: asking do. for a cup of Swiss Miss or something, you
1: know. I feel like it's the other way around. Huh? Like, everybody knows Lindt chocolate, right? Who? Lindt. L-I-D-N-T? Oh, okay, yeah, sorry.
0: I just thought you meant like when you stuck chocolate in your pocket for too long or something.
1: Oh, Sherard method? (laughs) Lint
0: lint chocolate. Yeah. No. Uh, Yeah, the name's, I think I know the name.
1: Yeah, that's Swiss. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I guess Belgian is sort of the same thing, right?
0: (laughs) They probably don't think so, but sure. (laughs) I don't know. Um, anyway, so you were in Belgium and Switzerland? Yeah. Belgium was the convention? Yeah. How'd that go?
1: Uh, real nice people. They all speak Dutch, except for the ones that speak French. Some of them but speak German Dutch. or
0: something, too, don't
1: they? Well, Dutch is practically German. <laughs> they probably don't think so. <laughs> they do. They will tell you that. It's the, almost the same thing. Yeah. It's all different forms of the same language.
0: Okay. Ja. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so what did you wind up taking with you
1: for sale? I, I didn't take a whole lot. I took uh, some trades. I didn't take any prints. I don't think really anybody cared about those. Okay. But I bet I could have sold them if I tried. There was a, a huge, like, younger reader crowd there, so... Huh. Probably could have gotten away with it.
0: Who else was at the show that you knew?
1: What did you say? You
2: said you probably could have gotten away with it, not for those pesky kids
0: in their German Dutch language.
1: uh, I like German Dutch language. Uh, Just don't understand it. Right.
2: Um,
1: (laughs)
0: Are they making fun of you?
1: Yeah, they're all, they uh, they've really been hitting it hardcore since I got back. <laughs> Especially Sean. Sean's been like, uh, my mission in life is to make fun of Mike now.
0: I guess absence, I don't know
1: what happened or.
0: I guess absence does make the heart grow fonder.
1: I guess maybe they were picking on him while I was gone. I don't know. He's really, or maybe he's the apex predator here now. Maybe he's like the.
0: You left your territory and somebody else took over.
1: Uh, I mean, that's definitely what happened. It's like a mafia thing. Mm. Hmm. Oh. All right. Yeah, that's fine. I I can live with it. Sounds like you can't <laughs> see he's, he's trying. He's trying, but <sighs> <laughs> Um
0: Yeah, so who else was at the show you knew?
1: That I knew? Uh just Joelle Jones. <laughs> oh really? She was really the only one I knew. Uh I made made some friends. There's a artist from Spain uh named Miguel Um I don't know his last name. Miguel and Angel something or other. But he's super nice and he's really good. Like I saw his pages and I said, Wow, this is uh this is really good, and he said that they're all printouts. Like he did everything digitally. It does not look digital. Like he is super good at. Like he makes his hit some really like interesting brushes that look like real media.
0: Oh, cool! What's he working?
1: Uh, he does. He hasn't done a whole lot of American work. He he was doing something I forget It's some licensed thing over there. But a lot of it was his own characters and other things. Hmm. Cool. But, yeah, he's real good. Uh, met some other people. <laughs> all right. The scary Serbian guy. Um, Those people with the eyes and the, and the hair and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They all had eyes and hair. That's- uh, but, yeah, I recommend going to Belgium if you haven't. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to go in the... I wanted to, like, buy some stuff. Right. And uh, the people that invited me out have a store, and it's in Ghent, and we were there for the day after, but for some reason everything's... Like over here, restaurants are closed on Mondays. Everything's pretty much closed on Mondays over there. Huh. I didn't understand it, but we couldn't go in.
0: Yeah, I think uh wasn't... Uh, Marsupalami was a Belgian comic, I think, wasn't
1: it? Yeah. A lot of that stuff. Smurfs. And Asterix? Uh, Wasn't Asterix? Or was uh that... yes, yes.
0: Or yeah. Was that French? It yeah, Franco Belgian.
1: Okay.
0: i trying to think. I know there was like other stuff I knew that was like, originated in Belgium.
1: They have a whole different set of rules when it comes to love and comics. You know, they really it's much more of an art form than over here. Which I mean it is over here, but I mean, they may take it too seriously in a way. <laughs> like I don't think I would I think I would be considered disrespectful over there. Oh yeah? Yeah, probably. Huh. And this is my chosen field, you know.
0: Right, right. Hmm. So um then what did you
1: There was a, there was a a Dutch guy, uh, cartoonist who, uh, Julie was enjoying the ever loving crap out of annoying, uh, because he was this, he was this really, he, he was probably 10 years older than me. Okay. And, you know, he had enjoyed this, you know, lifestyle of becoming a cartoonist over there where he was, you know, liked and respected and. But he also had the sort of, uh, you know, that stereotypical European auteur sort of thing, you know, where you expect him to wear a beret and a scarf and talk about. Well, he did talk about how Americans are crap and stuff like that. Wow. Like we were having dinner with him, and basically everything wrong in the world is our fault. And I mean, he's not wrong about a lot of it, but. he kept uh, not overtly bragging, but essentially just telling Julie how important he is. Oh, okay. And uh, he talked, <laughs> and I went. I got out and go to the bathroom because I go to the bathroom about fifteen times during dinner. And uh,
0: it's a pregnancy, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And after dinner, Julie was telling me how he was he was talking to her about his his. His Eisner nominations and how, and he, you know, mansplained to her what the Eisner was. And, and she really took uh, pleasure in telling her, him that I had won it and that he noticeably looked annoyed <laughs> because I was just this big dumb doofus.
0: Right, right. And but. you've won it twice?
2: Yeah. Oh, I got, I got a couple. Of those. I got one of
1: those. No, I only have one. One. I, I haven't, I haven't, I, I, Do you have I. multiple nominations? No, just the one. Um. Well, you don't know how to sell it, then. Sorry. You only need to get nominated once. I have
2: mul-
1: <laughs> I have, I have multiple Harveys.
2: Uh, oh, that's it. Yeah, right, right.
1: I have three Harveys. Did you mention that even the? Uh do you want one of the Harveys? I gave one to Alan. Do you want one of the Harveys? I don't
0: know. I don't have any place to put it, man. You have a house? Yeah, I have a house that's full of stuff already. I'm trying to... I, I thought like, you were getting better about that. I was bragging on you to to uh, Julie. Well, I'm, I, I'm good at not acquiring more I'm getting better at, but I still have to get rid of the stuff I have. Uh-oh. I mean, I've been doing pretty good about not getting more stuff. Although I did buy a drum kit.
1: You did? Like a real drum kit? Yeah. Oh, because you had the electronic one.
0: Yeah, I've had that for a while. You've been getting more into drums. Why Why is that? Exercise, partially. Really? I don't have a lot of time to go out and walk around or, or go any place to exercise, so it's easy to have a drum kit in the house. Walking's
1: not hard, man. You and I do that.
0: No, no, but you have to take time to go do it, like, and leave the house and stuff. Like, I can go down... And- I can go downstairs like you know you go
1: outside to smoke anyway, dude. that's
0: for a couple minutes at a time, dude. That's not like taking you know a half hour to go out and walk around the neighborhood and back. I can go downstairs and drum for like ten minutes and get my cardio up and then come back up and get to work again
1: hey, I'm not gonna argue with you that's you fine walk for ten minutes you can do it that's fine anyway so
0: but also yeah. also I just i I originally wanted to be a
1: drummer when I was a kid, really yeah I did, we've never had this discussion. I thought we have. But okay. I don't. Well, I don't know. Anybody that listens to this probably knows better than me.
0: When me and my friend Brian decided we were going to start a band, when I was like eleven or whatever, um, mm-hmm. eleven or twelve, and I was like, "Cool, I'll play drums because
1: I wanted to play." Did drums he already? Before. Did he already play guitar? He. I think
0: he had just gotten one.
1: I okay. He's like. I didn't. Guys knew each other that long.
0: Yeah, I've I've known him since I was like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna play drums." Well, my parents wouldn't go for the drums,
1: because yeah, well, most parents wouldn't.
0: They're loud, and they're even back then they were expensive,
1: you know. Yeah, they're always the most expensive.
0: You go through stuff like cymbals a lot, and sticks, and, yeah. and heads, and whatever. You know, they're they're a pretty expensive thing to play if you're playing it regularly. hmm Um, and and you know, you couldn't get an affordable electric kit back then. No, it just was. It wouldn't like. You could buy a Simmons kit for, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. But, yeah. that, you know, that's not good for a kid that's just starting out. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, that shit, when we were kids, yeah, that was cutting edge. That was like buying a computer when we were young. That was very expensive.
0: Yeah, I mean, even keyboards, anything electronic was pretty expensive when we were kids. I mean, the cheapest thing was, like, when the Casio SK-1 came out and it was a sampler. And even at that, I think that was, like, 150 bucks or something like that. <laughs> Um. So, yeah, anyway, my parents wouldn't go for that And then, then, okay, going along with the electronics thing I was like, well, cool, I'll play keyboards i be like John Lord or something Um, But that, again, was really expensive to do mm-hmm. And we didn't have a shit ton of money So that didn't work either Um. Finally, we settled like, we, I was going back and forth trying to figure out how I could do that And finally, Brian was just like, dude, just play bass We need a bass player
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, all right so, I didn't, yeah, I don't think I ever heard this story, because I didn't know you had, like, that that weird origin story you hear when you read, like, those interviews with, like, Rush, where they're like, uh, I only play bass because they needed a bass player. Essentially, yeah, yeah. That's how I became the greatest bass player in the world.
0: I wish I was the greatest bass player in the world.
1: I know, but it's like you're not bad, but you only did it because you didn't have one. That's crazy to me.
0: Well, that's sort of how I you're want to. Like, I mean, that's sort of
1: how I want to be in a letter. No,
0: that's true. That's true. That's true. I didn't set out to become a letter. I kind of fell into oh, it. Oh, by and, the
1: way, I have a new thing that we need to talk about.
0: Okay. But yeah, I mean, so we, yeah, that's that's how I want to play in bass, and, and I mean, I, I like playing bass. I enjoyed playing bass. You're good at it. But, you know, and it's funny, though, because eventually I learned, I wound up learning how to play drums and guitar and keyboards and all the stuff that I couldn't play at first or didn't have a chance to play at first, you know? Um, I would
1: say you are naturally musically talented.
0: I find joy in it, and I think that helps. Because when yeah. you when you like something, you're more inclined to practice it and work at
1: it. That's true. That's true. Um, I think that my problem is that I don't, I find it frustrating. I always have.
0: And that's where I, I always... I don't really know the line between being naturally talented and just inclined to liking something, you know. Because I'm not—I wouldn't say I'm naturally talented at it. I just—I liked it a lot, and I was—I I focused on it a lot, and and so I, I put my hours in. You know, you put enough hours in anything, you'll get good at it. Mm. I agree. Um, I mean, as long as you're paying attention to what you're doing, I guess. If you're if you're just slogging away putting hours in, that doesn't work. But anyway, so yeah, um, I. Going back to what I was talking, about, I wanted to buy a drum kit because I found this deal from you know that company Donner. They make like cheap pedals. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They're getting really good with their quality.
0: Well, I was reading up on a. They came out with a, um, a three hundred three clone, a tr, yeah, you know, a Roland thing, a bass module. Um, and they were selling it really cheap, and I, I went and checked into it, and I'm like, well, the interface is kind of funky. It doesn't look like a three hundred three, and um, but but they did some interesting new stuff with it. They added in like a a thing that d- lets you do like. Uh, what they call ratchet, which is sort of like doing a real fast roll on a note. And uh they got like a glide thing built in where you can glide between steps and stuff like that. I mean different things that the 303 doesn't naturally have. And the interface was more interesting because it was a lot more intuitive than working with a 303. I don't know if you've ever like if you've got that in mind, if you know what a 303 looks
1: like. Uh I only know the stuff that Josh has in here, and I don't I don't like the little beeps and boops boxes. I can't <laughs> get my head around them.
0: Well three oh three the interface on a three oh three is I don't do pedals, crank. It's kind I can't of handle that. A three oh three interface is kinda of clunky to work with. There's a lot of steps and sub things and you have to do a lot of things like one by one manually
2: kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the uh DDO one baseline that I had in here? The one that would go fall
1: uh, They're all the same thing. Okay. Well,
2: <laughs> that, 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 really
1: oh, amazing. so you had one? But not a Donner. You probably had an expensive one. No, the,
0: the Donner one's nice. Mm. Yeah, the, so the Donner one's just a little more intuitive to work with on the face of it. I mean, it's got its flaws and, and drawbacks, but <laughs> considering that I think the last time I saw the price point on it, it was like under $100, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. You know? um, but so I was looking up on that, and then while I did, I found on uh, one of their eBay stores that they were selling one of their um, acrylic drum kits for like $700. hmm and you can't get an acrylic drum you can, you can barely get one piece of an acrylic drum kit for like 700 bucks, dude. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, back in the uh, early 90s, late 80s, you could probably buy a used one for like 700 bucks as long as it wasn't like a Ludwig or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, you know, And you'd probably want to buy it off of like a church group or something. But um, <laughs> like that, that's not the case anymore. I mean, Ludwig stuff, like even the vintage stuff is expensive. The new stuff's expensive. I would love to have the money to buy this Coke bottle green Ludwig set from uh, Chicago Music Exchange
1: mm-hmm
0: but it's like five, i don't know like three four grand or something like that
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so yeah i saw this this uh red transparent acrylic drum kit from donner i looked up there there's not many reviews on it online but i looked up a couple of video reviews on youtube where they actually sent it to people on youtube and mm-hmm. you know nobody seemed to find, find any major faults with it or anything and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, dude, at that price, and I've been looking for an acoustic kit anyway. I was trying to put one together because I wanted to kind of see if I could play acoustic stuff because I haven't sat behind a real kit in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was just I dithered on it for a couple of days and, and it kept sitting there. And I'm like, well, you know what? What the fuck? I'm gonna go ahead and buy it. And I, I bought it. So I, for with tax, it was like 750, I think.
1: How long? Well, oh, oh, wow. So how long have you been playing on it? Uh, I've just had it a couple of weeks,
0: and I'm, you know, I try to get in half hour or so a day at least, like. I'm just kind of getting you... A lot of time, it's, I'm still getting settled into it a little bit, I think, because it's different from my electric
1: kit. What uh, are those songs you were going to send me? You said they were going to be there when I got back.
0: I, it's Yeah. I need, <laughs> I need to send them to you. I've got four. Four, well... Yeah, you told me you had a bunch of them. I have three Three that are riff, slightly arranged riffs with... Le- or Not lyrics, but vocals. Yeah. And then I have one that's just a... Uh, ranged riffs, and then I have another one that's just riffs. That's mine. So technically, I got five things to send you. Cool. And I don't know what. Like I said, I think we talked about this before. I was my habit is to try to flesh things out. Yeah. Early, you know. Yeah. But then I, after we were talking about it, I, I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, you know what? I, I should just. I'm just going to lay down the guitar, and if I have vocals, lay down the vocals, and just send that to you yeah. with, with nothing. Cause else. Then,
1: yeah, because then I'll I'll. See what I can bring to it.
0: And, for, uh, and also, I just to see if you even like them, I don't know if you want to work with them or not. And I'm sure I will. Cause I'm kind of, I'm sort of in an 80s new wavy mode. That's fine. Kind of, sort of. It's clanky and clicky and, and chinky like that, like chinky chinky you know, like. But anyway, yes, that'll be coming soon, shortly. Uh, and yeah, drums if we get around to recording a full thing, I might actually record real drums for it.
1: That'd be a heck of a thing. not that good.
0: That'd be a heck of a thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. I'm trying to think about what else is there. Oh, so, yeah, I finally got to see your work on MST3K from last year.
1: Oh, yeah, you were telling me.
0: Um, And the way, the reason I stumbled... How did you do that? Well, is it on Pluto? Um, I'm getting to that. The reason I stumbled onto that was because I was looking up a show that I haven't seen since 1992, and even then I only saw a few episodes of it, and I always just thought, hey, this is really weird. But it was like on broadcast, and they never, on any of the channels around here anyway that I knew of, they never rebroadcast it. Um, and that was, uh, Swan's Crossing. <coughs> I don't know if you remember that show. You, you were too old for it by then, I was too old for it by then. But I was watching it anyway, because it was on before work. Um, mm-hmm. and it, like I said, it was a weird show. It was a teenage soap opera, but like, they were trying to go full-on weird soap opera with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kept wondering while I was watching it, uh, you know, the actors, they'd like flub their lines and stumble over over their lines, and it was like the directors just going, keep going. Yeah.
1: Well, Well, soap operas are like that.
0: Well, it turns out that they they went as far as to film these live. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's why, yeah. Soap operas were filmed live.
0: Yeah, so... And this was like, a, I think, Sarah Michelle Gellar's first major TV role. Mm. Um, it, she was a, a brunette, a really dark brunette in it, mm-hmm. which is kind of jarring to see. Because other than that, she really didn't look that much younger than she did in Buffy. Mm. <laughs> Even though it was five years earlier. Um, and it really, truly is a weird show, dude. Like, mm. 65 episodes, all in one season, but they were all with commercials taken out, you know, they were about 18 minutes or so. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not, that 65 episodes doesn't, isn't as much as you would think it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, I don't even know how to exactly <laughs> express it. It's not that it's a terrible show, but I wouldn't call it a great show either, but it's its kind of compelling to watch. I guess. <laughs> it's because it's so strange, man. It had like yeah. kids' kids' scientists, like these (laughs) spies, this guy going around being like an anti-spy and living on a submarine, this other dude who you don't know what the hell he's doing, Uh, a weirdo hooded masked man with a a giant snake that wanders around. (laughs) (laughs) That is weird. Um, You know, I'm trying to think like, and then, you know, your your normal stuff, like uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar is like, uh, she's like the (laughs) ultimate mean girl bitch kind of thing,
1: you know. Yeah, which know. was also
0: weird to see her in that role because I'm used to not I'm used to seeing her more heroic stuff. You know,
1: I mean that was her thing in Cruel Intentions.
0: I never actually saw that movie. Mm. I guess she was uh, actually I guess she was kind of like that in that revenge show that was on for a while too. Is that what it was called, Revenge?
1: I don't. There's a show called Revenge. I didn't know she was on it.
0: Well, it was something like that where she was getting revenge on people. I don't remember if it was called Revenge or not.
1: The one with what's-her-face from, I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar wouldn't be the star of it, would she?
0: I think she was, and the thing I'm thinking of, I think she was.
1: Then that wasn't Revenge.
0: Okay, I don't know what that was called, but anyway. So yeah, it was a little weird seeing her like that, but then, you know, it barely had any any kind of adults in the cast, like just a couple of them.
1: And they all sounded like Charlie Brown?
0: Well, when you saw them off screen. Pretty much, yeah. No, no, They, I mean, they had dialogue and stuff, but they weren't, not a lot of it, and they weren't on screen very much, you know. And in fact, they didn't really have much in the way of extras, except when they would all go to hang out at this country club pool. But, um I mean, I, I guess that's in line with being soap opera stuff, and I guess they were sort of on the leading edge, because soap operas got really fucking strange in the mid-90s. Like,
1: bizarre. Yeah, yeah, like, passions and stuff.
0: Yeah, and like, even more bizarre plot lines than before, or more over the top stuff. I always remember one of them, and I can't remember, it was like Bold and Beautiful or something, where, um, like, they actually had a physical incarnation of Satan in it for a while, (laughs) or at least an episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, just stuff like that. You know, soap Mm -hmm. operas themselves got really strange in the 90s, like, Mm -hmm. almost like wrestling did, for that matter. Cause like that, you know, that was a time period. Well, later nineties, but that time period when like wrestling brought in Leslie Nielsen to find the Undertaker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Anyway, that that turned out to be on Shout Factory's website. Um, when oh, I
1: to, okay. When, okay. I, when I went
0: to go watch it, and then when I got done with that, I was like, oh, when Royal Shout Factory has to watch, and then MST3K came up, and I saw that it was last year's episodes. I'm like, oh shit, okay, I'll watch yeah.
1: it. Yeah, yeah. I just did the artwork for the inside of their box set. Hmm.
0: That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with Shout Factory and watching them on Shout Factory is that they don't list them in order, and you can't change the order to make them in or change the listing to make them in
1: order. They don't have the experiment numbers on them? No. Oh, that's interesting. So
0: when I first started watching it, I was just watching it top down, you know, and I didn't. it took me like three episodes to realize I was watching it out of order. And so I had mm-hmm. to actually go over to MST3K's website to look up the order, and then I went back to Shout Factory and watched them in order, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. And, I mean, really, with MST3K, you don't have to watch them in order if you don't care about the rapper plot.
1: Yeah, right. But Which I, they did this season.
0: Yeah, like, I wanted to see the rapper plot, so... Once I realized there was one, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and it's, it was fun. I uh, It was a nice surprise to see Pat Oswald having an issue of Battle Bug on there.
1: Yeah. And then, um, and then
0: Felicia Day making fun of them or bawling them out for wasting time reading comics.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they asked me that. Asked me for that like last minute. I spent like fifty dollars on FedEx to send it to them overnight. Really? <laughs> yeah. They but it got in there, so that's cool. It's like they
0: didn't really even need a real. They could have just printed out the cover and put it on a piece of paper, <laughs> like fake the comic with it. You it didn't really show yeah. it or anything. But he he did say that he
1: said the name.
0: You know, Mm -hmm. that was really.
1: Yeah, I didn't think he was gonna like call it out. I just thought they needed a prop for him to be reading.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was more than just a a background prop, which was cool. Like,
1: yeah, that that was nice. I was surprised by that.
0: Yeah, that was a nice part of it. Like, um, and it was fun seeing your work in context because Mm -hmm. it brought to mind like conversations we'd had over the past years or over the past year, like things you were talking about while we were. Doing the show or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh, that's what he meant when he was saying, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, like that's why he was talking about
1: uh, Munchie." Or whatever. Oh right, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. or uh, uh, they really hated Munchie. They hated Munchie more than I hated Munchie.
0: That's a terrible
1: movie. It is a terrible movie, but it's—I mean—it's not as bad as the third Munchie.
0: They're, oh, we yeah, we did. We've talked about that back then because I was surprised then that there were three Munchies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, Roller Gator is better than Munchie.
1: That is absolutely not true. <laughs> uh, sure it's true, man. Any, anything by that director is excruciating. Uh, Roller Gator is one of the worst experiences one can put themselves through. Oh, I thought, it was,
0: I thought it was charming. Charming? Yeah.
1: How did you even hear it? Roller Gator? Yeah.
0: I watched it. I didn't even watch the riff of it. I watched the movie. <laughs>
1: how How did you hear anything in that movie? It's just that in inane guitar riff over and over again <laughs> there's dialogue and stuff, yeah, but it sounds like somebody's like yeah. yelling at yelling it a hundred yards away. Uh, you just turn the volume
0: up yeah. anyway um but yeah, yeah, stuff like that
1: in like the uh
0: what was the one the serial
1: Oh, the when they were doing the riff on Cereal? Yeah, well,
0: like...
1: The podcast thing? I think so, yeah.
0: Like, I anyway, It I, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I remember Mike talking about that, whatever that was, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And I even, I even sat through the credits once so I could see your name. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Oh. It was nice seeing your name on something that wasn't comics.
1: Uh, yeah, it was weird. It was a weird thing, but... I only did it once. Though. Uh, I, I don't think... I may have... I've seen it more than once just because we leave the credits going when I watch it.
0: Yeah, I don't. But, um, And then weirdly, okay, so this is the, the chain of things that were going on uh, in the past week. Once I got done with that, the the last one was the Christmas dragon. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that, because I was looking up an actress in there that I thought looked familiar from something else I'd seen, and it turns out that the actress I was thinking of was in this series called Mythica.
1: Yeah, uh, I remember she, you talking about Mythica.
0: Yeah, she was the lead in Mythica, but that, in, in Christmas Dragon, she was that elf lady. Yeah, okay. Oh, the one in red. Um, but the, the, the orphan girl, the main character,
1: Yeah,
0: turns out she was in this sci-fi thing that was penned by Orson Scott Card and another guy, and then mm-hmm. produced by that, uh, that, that Christian-y, science Utah college campus. Yeah. Academia thing?
1: That doesn't surprise me at all.
0: BYU, I think. Uh-huh. Is what it's called? I can't remember what the BYU stands for.
1: Brigham Young University.
0: Yes, that's it. Yeah. Well, they have their own TV, an online TV. Uh-huh. And uh, apparently, off, or once in a while, they actually produce something themselves. And this was one of them. It was a thing called Extinct. And uh turned out that she was in that, so that led me over to watching ten, this 10 episodes of a 2017 series that didn't get renewed.
1: Mormon sci-fi.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't as yep. um,
1: wasn't as Mormony as you would think.
0: Mm. I think anyway. I don't know. Um, but Orson Scott Card—he's a Mormon or something like that, isn't
1: he? Yep. Yeah, that makes sense then. It, it you you never know what you're going to get with that. They're either it's either going to be super crazy or super cool.
0: Yeah, this was. I'm trying to think of how to put it. Interesting, I think. I mean, it was interesting, like, the concepts of it and stuff, and just sort of right. what it was dealing with. Because it was dealing with, like, who are you if you can just, like, replicate it and recreate it over and over? Mm-hmm. Are you still you? Like, is any of you you? <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> right. Stuff like that. Um,
1: That's why I'm against teleportation.
0: Well, right, because you're basically yeah. being killed and then reborn over and over. Yeah. So you're or essentially, every time you're teleported, you're cloned and then killed. Stop talking! And then, you know, I, they dealt with this on Dawson's Creek. What? I just had to throw Dawson's Creek in there somewhere. I was gonna... Sorry. But, uh, anyway, do you remember that time, like, I told you about this was a couple of years ago, where oh, I kept no. wind up watching, um, Mormon rom-coms, like, I didn't know they were Mormon at first.
1: I don't remember you talking about this, no. Oh, okay. I'm sure you did, but I don't remember it.
0: Yeah, I went through a string of them where it was, they were Mormon romance movies. Have you converted and you just haven't told us? No. Did I ever tell you about the time I accidentally recorded a Christian metal album?
2: Have you heard of uh, Jesus' later deceives?
1: You don't accidentally record a Christian metal album. Sometimes you do. Did you know Dave Mustaine was in a Christian metal band? Recently? He no, he was in one with uh, Danny Spitz from uh, Anthrax. A Christian metal band? Yeah. Huh,
0: no, never heard that one.
1: I didn't either until I was looking up, Where? what the heck is Danny Spitz doing now?
0: Did you know that Linda Carter was going to appear naked in Apocalypse Now?
1: Are we just saying random things?
0: <laughs> well, I figure since we're just talking about did you know kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> but her scenes got cut anyway um, but yeah so it was a it was an interesting show it was called Extinction you watch it for free on BYU TV
1: so okay and Kevin Sorbo is the star of that first Mythica movie isn't
0: he he's not the star he shows up in like you know uh, sporting roles here and there
1: so that's interesting
0: um, Mythica for a lower budget fantasy thing was not a bad series of movies. Is it? Is it religious? Not that I could tell. At least not o- overtly. I mean, you can always check. It's sword and sorcery fantasy stuff. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's all that stuff. Kind of has religious overtones, yeah. anyway.
1: Like, there's a, a horror movie that they're really pushing online now that I keep seeing ads for called uh, *Nefarious*. Okay. And I was like, "This is weird. I've never heard of this movie. It reeks of Christian film." And I looked, and I was like, "Yes, it is. It's a Christian horror movie."
0: Is it like the equivalent of their haunted houses? <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know. I, I I haven't seen it, so. Oh.
0: Yes. I finally got around to watching uh, *Cheer* or *Die* too.
1: Oh, okay. The uh, the last You're of good? the last of the *Bring It On* franchise. <laughs> yeah, is it good?
0: It's a it's a pretty by the number slasher thing through the first two-thirds of it. Uh, not terrible but not, you know, you've seen it.
1: Wait, did you already tell me you saw this?
0: No, I just I, I just watched it recently oh, like a couple of days ago.
1: I'm getting déjà vu with our conversations.
0: Well, I, I had binged the whole the rest of the franchise like a couple of months ago. But I was holding off on that one because they still want it like 6.99 to rent it, and I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> no, I know it's not worth six ninety nine. <laughs> no, so I was waiting for it to come down, and it came down to like whatever it was their normal price two ninety nine,
1: three ninety nine. You remember back in the day? Do we have an intro on this show anymore? Like an intro? Intro? Do you have the music at the beginning of the show anymore? Yeah, it's just that same. Da, okay, the riff. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know how you used to put quotes on there? I really loved it when you had the like little the, the quotes for movies. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning. Uh, you remember the one from the Doctor Strange TV movie? <laughs> mm, no. Where what's her face? Jen, Jen Walters, Jennifer Walters, or whatever her name is, the, the actress is like giving this big, long speech. And then Peter Horsley just goes, No! <laughs> uh, no! No!
0: Um, which, despite what the uh, the, the MST3 cares might think of. Dr. Mortar, it was still a better Dr. Strange movie than that 70s one.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that, that wouldn't take much. Yeah. The ancient one was an old British guy. <laughs> um,
0: oh, and I didn't, I wasn't sure how I feel, sorry, I'm touching back on the MST3K thing again. Wasn't sure how I'd feel about it, but I actually did like the hosts, new hosts. Emily's great. Yeah. Did you know she uh she was based out of Cincinnati for a while?
1: Oh, no, I didn't know that. How did you know that?
0: I looked her up because I, I wanted to see what else she had done, and apparently she worked with a, a puppet troupe here or something. Yeah,
1: she's a, she's a puppeteer.
0: Um I, I didn't even know Cincinnati had a puppet troupe, but according yeah. to the well, bio... I'm the,
1: sure there's one everywhere. We just don't know about it because we avoid those things.
0: Like mimes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, apparently she was based out of Cincinnati for a while with a puppet troupe.
1: No, I saw her when she was like... Uh, not a background character, but she wasn't. She was in the one of the tours before she. They it, it's kind of like the setup for her to become a host. Yeah, and she was really good. I thought she was real funny, and she's she's a real good singer too. There was a lot of singing in it, and I was like, wow. They don't usually. There's a lot of there are songs in Mystery Science Theater, but they're not usually sung well. <laughs> right. Like, say it's part of the joke, you know, but...
0: I, um... Yeah, I thought she was... She seems really personable on screen. Mm-hmm, she's great. And enthusiastic, and she just... She's got that charming, goofy look to her when she's <laughs> ma- making jokes and stuff. Yeah. Like, that kind of thing where you're like, oh, I like her, you know? Yeah. Um. She's, it, she's really nice. It was funny, they kept, they kept making mic jokes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like references to Mike and stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's kind of weird. I, mean, I guess it's not weird, but you know, I don't know. For some reason, you expect when when there's a, a split up like that,
1: that they well, they just did a, a riff tracks uh, gizmoplex thing. Oh, did they? Yeah. So they're they're, it, you yeah. know,
0: it's just you always expect something like that to be a little more acrimonious than it
1: probably really is in life.
0: And well, like, I think
1: a lot of that is projected by fans.
0: And, like, yeah, you you would expect them to just not mention him. Like, he's just gone, you know? But they they made references to him. Like, even in the very end, when they're doing that song to get off the the moon. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I only know the mic lyrics. Like,
1: yeah. Well, he's an indelible part of the thing. They can't ignore him. Well, sure. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, and they try to involve him. I've had to draw him for the Gizmo several times. Oh, weird. So... Um, but yeah. They made those little puppets for him and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, bounce them back to Bring It On, Cheer or Die. So, yeah, that's pretty bad numbers for like the first two-thirds of the movies. It gets fun at the end when they start using cheer stuff to battle the slasher. Okay. <laughs> that's when it gets fun for me, anyway.
1: Because they, Because you're a true fan of cheering.
0: You know what, actually, dude, between, <laughs> Between watching the the Bring It On series and there are a couple of other cheer-type movies that I've watched, or cheer movies that I've watched, Mm -hmm. I actually do have an appreciation for it. It is more than just, like, you know, a nonsense thing.
1: Martial art, not sport.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I I would consider it more of a sport than an art, but... (laughs) But, I mean, it combines, like, you know, choreographed dance with... Gymnastics and like you got to be fit to do it because a lot of it's tough. You know, and we couldn't do it.
1: You know, no, I could not do it, but I can barely walk places.
0: I mean, even when I was younger, I wouldn't have been able to be like do the stuff that you know pro cheerleading teams do and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I, and I don't, you know, I guess I'm just I always thought about cheerleading is from my high school days when it was just people in costumes waving pom poms and going rah rah and stuff. You know, like they really didn't do much in anything. They might have had some like. Choreograph dancing or something a little bit, but they weren't the one like, you know, cradle drops and then cat's cradle pyramid jump up, flip around things and stuff, you know? I don't know the terminology, obviously. <laughs> I mean, oh, sounded,
1: it sounded pitch perfect, to me yeah, well, that's a whole know. other series. I mean,
0: oh, yeah, I never watched those. I don't really care. I don't like singing stuff like that.
1: Mm. But, that's um, too far it is, it no, is. No, no acapella groups that's nerdy I'm all about the cheerleading
0: I didn't even like Glee I mean come on man Um, but yeah so I, I do have an appreciation for it because I think it takes a, a lot of work and talent
1: skill yes to be good at it you know? yeah and, um, I, I am an appreciator of things that take skill
0: yeah especially you know well I mean there's lots of things I can't do so I, I was going to say especially when it's something I can't do but,
1: like um, uh, like Shut up about Dawson's Creek. You can't do that.
0: Well okay, so there was an episode of Dawson's Creek where they had a cheer team and uh um, No, I'm kidding, they didn't have any cheer on Dawson's Creek.
1: I bet you they did. Dawson's
0: Creek was decidedly uncheery.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to disrespect Dawson's Creek.
0: <laughs> but uh yeah, anyway. It's like uh you know, when I was watching gymnastics stuff, I have an appreciation for gymnasts as well. Mm-hmm. I mean who doesn't like to see f- right yeah and who doesn't like to see fit pretty girls bouncing around all over the place you know <laughs> sure. mean, it's just that there's an attraction natural attraction there so
1: <sighs> we're just men yeah um. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're men. Yeah. let's go find our clubs. I mean, Sean bought an Xbox, a new Xbox, and so they're playing it now.
2: Sweet.
0: What's the new Xbox called?
1: I mean, Josh spent two years building a video game arcade cabinet, but they're playing the Xbox they just bought.
0: It's well, brand new and shiny. Um, but uh, what do they call that new Xbox?
1: Uh, I don't know. Like, Charon? An S? What is it called? What's that Xbox? A Series S. S. Ooh, that sounds classy like a car. It looks classy. It looks like an Apple product. Hmm. My crapple. Hmm. Damn it. Less less classy when you say that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Nothing nothing sounds good when you call it crapple. Hmm. I mean, it reminds me of Scrapple. And Scrapple's disgusting. I don't know how those people, Pennsylvania people, can eat that shit. People in that area. I think they even serve it in northern Ohio. Well, that's by Pennsylvania. Scrapple. Man. It's like eating pig slop.
1: You're a pig slop. Could be.
0: Um... What else is new? So... I've been... I tried to start reading a new Rick Rubin book.
1: Uh, no. I'm not interested.
0: <laughs> well, it got really good reviews and it sounded interesting because it was like sort of... Yeah. like a, It wasn't like a history of Rick Rubin. It was more like a Rick Rubin's philosophy on, on t- creativity yeah, and stuff. I,
1: yeah, I've seen some of it. It, it sounds... Uh, it sounds breakfast cereal levels of flaky.
0: <laughs> I... Started it, and I don't know if it was just the mindset I was in at the time. This was a couple of days ago, or what? But it it was like somebody read a bunch of New Age books and then tried to just emulate yeah, them.
1: That's what it totally sounds like.
0: Yeah, like how, is this supposed to make sense? It doesn't even. I, I wasn't necessarily expecting a plot or anything, mm-hmm. but it just like the level of the dialogue was very. Oh, so you see a sunrise and you appreciate it. You are a creator. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've seen some interviews with him, and it's just a bunch of nonsense.
0: Oh, huh. well, that's weird. But it got really good reviews,
1: <laughs> you
0: know? Well. So I, I might give it another try, I don't know, maybe after I get some other stuff. Because it could, it could be what I've been reading around it. Because I've been reading, like, really cheap, late 70s, early 80s, pulpy kind of horror books. hmm All written by that guy that wrote the the book The Howling. Oh, okay. Because um, I, I watched Howling 4 <laughs> a, while, a while back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, which one's that? That's the one that's actually more, most like the first book. Okay. It's and at the time it got panned because they were like you're just rehashing the first movie, but the first movie really wasn't a, a lot like the first book.
1: Mhm.
0: So I guess they decided on movie four to well let's just use the book. Um, it, it's not exactly the same as the book, but it's close. And uh, so I, I decided to read because I would never actually read the Howling books. There's only three of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, none of them have anything to do with like marsupials or anything. So, just so you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I actually like the second book better than the first one, I thought. It, it, the second book's a direct sequel to the first, and it picks up like two years after the events of the first one. Mm-hmm. And I don't, that could be partially because since I have seen the first and fourth Howling movie I already knew what was going on in the first book so the second book was like more new to me I guess Um, but in typical fashion for that time period and and, in the intent of what they are they're really short books I mean they're only like 200 pages or under Um, and then the third book the third book is kind of a revisionist thing they changed some of the timeline of what happened in the first two books and ignored ignored a bunch of stuff and then kind of it's not a reboot, it's a sequel. It's like a basically a sequel to the first book, but with some of the events being made up or revised. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, and then I also read that same guy, he did the uh, novelization of the movie The Cat People. Okay. Which, the Cat People movie was based on a story. So... You know, you, it's like a, it's like Hakuna Matata, man. You know, you go from the cycle of being a story to a movie to a book based on the script of the movie. It's a circle of life, man. Which I just find really weird, though, because it was already a story. Like, why wouldn't you just... I guess they wanted something longer and fleshed out more what the movie was. I don't know. This guy includes lots and lots of sex in his books, though, which is interesting. I've got to imagine, concerning The Howling came out in 1977... Um. I've got to imagine it was probably pretty racy for the time period because it's got, like, a lesbian nun, um, wolf sex, uh, buggery. I mean, it's male-to-female buggery, but it's still buggery, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. or something else in there, that I remember that. I thought, huh, that's weird for 1977. But, yeah, I mean, for the time period, you know, I mean, you wouldn't blink an eye at it now because it's all sort of passe at this point. But back then, I think everything was kind of fresh and new. But yeah, mm. he, this guy wrote a bunch of books. Apparently he was like 50 years old when he wrote The <laughs> like, Howling.
1: Mm.
0: Which I, I just, I think that's interesting. Like, oh, wow, you had a really big, big novel and, you know, didn't come until later in your life kind of thing. Um, so yeah, but I, I've been reading those too. And I tried to read that Rick Rubin thing. Uh, that didn't go very well. I finished, no, thank you. finally finished, uh, before all that though, I finally finished, I think I've read every published book by uh um oh god I'm, I'm blanking on his name now the Shannara guy Terry Terry Brooks
1: okay.
0: so I've read I've read all the Shannara crap all the Landover stuff even his two n- new novels that are in a new universe and series since he's ended Shannara
2: mm-hmm.
0: like read them all man and I read the Shannara books in story order rather than published order
2: I started, so I'm trying to get Walker to read Sword of Shannara. Uh huh. I wouldn't start, and- <laughs> I'd start with Elstones, man. Elstones, you think? Uh, it's
0: a lot less dry and, and it, like, I, I like Sword fine, but it's really, that's, mm-hmm. you can tell it's his first thing, you know?
2: But isn't isn't that, don't you need Swords, to like, set up the world? Because that's where the reveal is, right? It's like, it's it's a straight fancy thing, and then you're like, oh my god, it's the future! <laughs> right. Statue of Liberty! Uh, you do. Damn you! Damn you!
0: He he um, he said on numerous occasions that he purposely writes his books with the large gaps and like generation gaps in between them, so that you can read any of the novels or series like on their own. Mm-hmm. And I just I started with oh. Stones when I was a kid, so I I, I think it personally I, I think it's just a good starting point for the series if you're yeah. just getting into it, you know.
2: Um, but anyway, so like I was going through, I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what Shannara books there are out there. Oh, lots. <laughs> there are. A shit ton of Shannara books. He's been writing them what since the, 77, like, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I knew... Because I was reading them, like, as the second trilogy came out, you know? Yeah. And uh so, like, it, following them as release dates. And then I went back when they did the... uh Like, the first King of Shannara, they, they, they went back in time, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there was another thing after that that was... What was it called? Exodus or something? There's
0: a, uh, three books that are... Pre the destruction of Earth, yeah. That are like the the prequel prequels to all that, like mm-hmm. the uh, the Word and the Void, I think they were called.
2: Yeah, and then there. Was oh wait, the- there was the oh, Word and
0: was- Void and then there was the, uh, the 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 thing in between that and First King, which was. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. And,
2: and, but but then there was a, the one that went on like into the future again. That was like about this this killer magic machine or something that I don't even remember. And I thought, oh well, that's that's as many as there have been. But there are like another two whole series after that.
0: Yeah, he stopped. Um, after a while, like okay, so the first trilogy are separate and separated by generation gaps. Yeah, and they're you know they're good thick what four or five hundred page books I think. Yeah, about. Um, even those weirdly though, when you look at because he he's got a reading order list on his website. Oh yeah. Um. He even refers to those though as being in parts. Hmm. Like they're, in his mind, like Sword of Shinar is broken up into like three parts. Oh, uh, kind okay. no. of. Because uh, he, uh, he refers to them as, you know, the first part of Sword of Shannara, and I'm like, it's one book. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> uh So after that first trilogy though, he started doing them as separate books but one book.
2: As as a continuity, yeah.
0: Right. So like the next it blew three... my mind
2: when uh, science of Shannara was like ended on a cliffhanger. Like, whoa.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. The next three books are are like if he split up one of the first three books into three books, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he continued doing that. Um, there weren't any more like just giant standalone things like the first three yeah. were. So that that makes it look like there's. I mean, there's still. There's still a fuck ton of books there, but they're yeah <laughs> they're sh- they're shorter and less different stories than you would think there would be based on the first three,
2: right? Books. Exactly.
0: Um, and it's it was interesting because you know again it was like when I was reading Terry um, not the other guy Terry Goodkind the was uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the the Sword of Truth stuff
0: yeah when I was reading those and it was you know his stuff was based from like early nineties to twenty ten or something like that I think yeah. Uh, Whenever it was he died. No, it wasn't 2010. He died in, like, 2017 or something like that, I think. So it was kind of interesting with him and with Terry Brooks to just see kind of the evolution of the writer from over, you know, 40 years or
1: whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Because
0: you could tell – well, for one thing, like we were just saying, there's a shift into not doing giant standalone books, breaking them up into smaller chunks.
2: Right.
0: Um, You could also kind of tell – I don't know if this was, like, an editing thing or what, but – it was a thing I noticed with a lot of modern books versus, like, older books. There's
2: a lot more repetition
0: now in newer books.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, for the longest time, they just didn't have editors, right? Or they didn't... There weren't, like, fantasy imprints. Like, I think... Weren't the... Uh, were the, the original Shannara books were, like, Del Rey or something, right? Were they, they Tor? I don't think they were TOR until later. Okay. But once, once TOR started publishing this stuff, like, TOR had a dedicated fantasy... Like department with copywriters and 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 editors and stuff, right? And they kind of developed a a, a house style for how to break up and paste these things. And like with the early Terry Brooks and uh, what's his name, Um, uh, the uh, Chronicles of Thomas Covenant and all that stuff. Oh, Stephen. That was all being yes, uh, that was all being like published under the same stuff that was doing like Asimov, right? And they just didn't have a good. Feel for it, yet, I think. So, as much as the evolution of the authors, I think it was also the evolution of like the market and the publishers too.
0: I wonder how much the um, uh, man, why I'm blanking on names. Uh, the Dragon Rider series. What was the, what was the writer's name?
2: Uh, Fern, uh, Anne
0: McCaffrey. Yeah, I wonder how much she had to do because she was sort of crossover science fiction fantasy. You know.
2: Yeah. No, and Ursula Le Guin too. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah that's true too. Yeah. A huge, um, uh,
2: developing F oh. space.
0: <laughs> yeah where, because, I mean, they were that mix of, they weren't straight one or the other, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, yes. But, they're, yeah, there's just a the thing I noticed with modern, and again, I don't know, modern storytelling, I'll say, because I don't know where, if it's coming from the writer or the um, the editing team, but, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of forced repetition of things that happened not that long ago in the book. Yes. Where they they recount things or recall things, or they keep saying the same words over and over. Um, uh. Brooks Brooks loves the word broom. Like, B-R-U. oh, yeah, B-R-U-M-E. He has all
2: sorts of tropes.
0: He loves that, and he loves quixotic. He,
2: he uses that quixotic, word over and he loves, over. He loves characters who eat because it's necessary, quote-unquote. Mm. Like, he, he feels like they're around a campfire, but he ha- somehow has to, like, explain that they're not, like, having a good meal. And so he just says, they ate because it was necessary. Right, right. <laughs> like,
0: and I guess and I don't know if this was a conscious choice on his to make it all ages but there's while there is some expression of love and romance there's no sex
2: no it's always off panel
0: and uh there's no and not that he necessarily should but there there's like no mention of just basic taking care of yourself functions yeah like <laughs> bathing or, or pooping or anything you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: people just sort of exist as like almost genderless <laughs> you know a lot of that's
2: following like I think he was he was obviously following a Tolkien template
0: oh that first book early on yeah Yeah.
2: and I think like Tolkien being much more in kind of an epic mode uh, emphasized you know the, the the heroic nature of the characters as opposed to the human nature of the characters. Yeah,
0: and, and granted, that's that's a much later development in storytelling in general, because you never nobody ever discussed bodily functions or anything. You really. No, a, you,
2: you needed it all in the family to, to break that wall.
0: <laughs> Unless they were bringing it up to like make a crude point, I guess. But, yeah, so... Uh, I don't know, yeah, I forgot. What, but the evolution of the writers is what I was getting at. It's, it was interesting to see somebody's work change over... And what did actually, and what didn't change over the course of forty yeah. years? You know? And I'm not real keen. I don't know if uh, if you knew about them or read the. He's got a new series out: the Child of Darkness and Child of Light. I think are the two books that are out right now.
2: I, I've heard of it. I haven't read it
0: though. Um, it's just the weird thing. I think they're, he he's aiming as like a YA kind of thing with it. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, mm-hmm. Just by the style of the writing, it's it's a little. It's still Terry Brooks, but it's different too. Well, and that's another market thing, right? Like fantasy does not sell to adults right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, it, but the YA market is still like I actually I don't know if it sells to YA either, but everybody thinks that it still might just because of Harry Potter. Right. Like, we're still riding that way. and the, I guess the uh, what's the what's the uh, the lightning thief uh, guy? Um Roar- Roar- First Roar- day. Oh.
0: I was thinking of the author, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing he's aiming at YA with this, because it, it feels very YA, and it's not not a lot of high concept going on in it.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's, um, but it, the thing is, is it, it's just more elves and stuff, you know? I'm like, well, if you're going to keep writing about elves, why why not just do another Shnara book?
2: <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> I mean, if he was, like, he did a, a couple of years ago, he did a, what I think is a YA book, too, but it was like a cyberpunk book. And um, kind of uh, shorter, you know, and, and not not a, a whole ton of high concept stuff. You know? mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, well, this makes sense. He's doing something completely different from his other series and works and stuff. Right. Um, but like this, this new stuff, it's it's just more elves. <laughs> like, okay, well, it's like elves, but it's it's elves dumbed down a little bit. I don't know, but whatever, you know. I mean, shit, dude. Again, the guy's been writing since the 70s, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Like, nobody, you know, he don't know an explanation to nobody.
2: Right. Like, he's still writing, and they, they, he still sells stuff, so...
0: Yeah. I mean, and he's doing what he wants to do, who you know, can really knock that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, so... I, I feel I felt a sense of accomplishment when I finished reading the last book. I mean, I know he's not done yet, but he's going to be dead sometime soon, you know? <laughs> And then there absolutely won't be any more Terry Brooks books and you know I'll have read them all.
2: Nice.
0: That's that's a really terrible way of thinking about that
2: though. Just just, just waver the eyes to badge think
0: oh. I feels sort of ghoulish after I said it, yeah. <laughs> oh well. So uh anyway. Still there, Mike? Yeah. Hi.
1: Hi. We had a book nook. Mm-hmm.
0: You never told me about Switzerland.
1: Uh, well, we've been talking for like an hour now. I don't, I've got to get some lunch in me. All right. We'll see I it like for... that it's very pretty. You should go sometime. It makes you feel very small, and I like that. Piquito.
0: Yeah, anyway. Um, well, okay, I guess uh, we're done then, I suppose. Do we have an email? Do you want to read an email?
1: We do have an email. Okay. But I'm afraid of what it's asking you and that you'll talk forever.
0: Oh, well, we can save it it'll keep
1: can you answer shortly I don't know it's about Dawson Creek and Smallville.
0: oh man <laughs> that's you're kind of asking for trouble then I, I might be able to answer shortly but it, chances are uh, you know, I'll
1: David see. D. writes he says hello Mike you have been to Belgium in return now that you have experienced Belgian culture what would you say is the most Belgian about you where in your life are you the least Belgian
2: Mike is actually eighty
0: percent chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, did, did he say Belgian or Belgian?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't. <laughs> I know Flemish is a different thing than Belgian, but I just wanted to say Flemish and Franco-Belgian. That's also fun to say and doesn't come up much for me.
0: It is fun to say.
1: If you had to choose, would you say you are more of a Franco-Belgian or a Flemish in terms of your own vibe? Do you, have, uh, do you
0: have enough information there, to accurately answer this question?
1: There's nothing French about me, so I would say I'm more Flemish than Franco-Belgian.
0: You're pretty uh, Yeah,
1: I am pretty Flemmy. Uh, what is the most Belgian about me? I like French fries. <laughs> do, they have put, is,
0: do they have poutine in Belgium?
1: Uh, they don't. No, it's not poutine. Okay. They don't do poutine. Was, not that I saw. I was just wondering. Uh, where in your life are you the least Belgian? Uh, I don't speak it. I don't speak the language. He holds no currency. I don't smoke.
0: (laughs) Is it a smoky country?
1: Yeah. Huh. Uh, Crank. This is important, so please answer uh, this at length if you want. God damn it, David. (laughs) What would you say is the most Dawson's Creek-like episode of Smallville? (laughs) And what is the most Smallville story on Dawson's Creek? Uh, As always, thanks for the show and continuing to make time for it.
0: Shortly... Oh, this hurts. Okay. Um, The most Dawsonville of Smallville was probably in the first season. I don't know about a particular episode, but the general vibe is more Dawson's Creek in the first season. Uh, The most Smallville in the second season is the unbelievably rapid rise of Dawson as a filmmaker. Like, (laughs) it's just completely unbelievable how quickly he goes from being a nobody in high school to being like a a, a director, (laughs) Mm. Um, which supposedly that's based on Kevin Williams' life. So maybe it really happened that way. I don't know. There. Is that short enough?
1: That's pretty amazing that you were able to do that. I thought you were just going to ramble forever.
0: I held a lot in. (laughs) Well, I
1: appreciate it, my friend.
0: Um. Oh, also, as far as watching stuff goes, I do want to make one more comment, one note. has nothing to do with either Dawson's Creek or uh, Smallville. Have you heard of a dude that has a channel on YouTube where he calls himself Z Frank? No. He does a series called True Facts, and they're sort of like nature documentaries. Like, they're short. Most of them are under 10 minutes. Okay. And he does it with that that kind of, you know, that, that sort of cultured voice that they have on nature documentaries and stuff. Mm-hmm. but then he's also making jokes through it mm-hmm. about, like, oh, that's gross, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also dropping, like, knowledge on you at the same time.
1: Okay. Look up so one. I need to watch this, is what you're saying? Yeah, it's
0: been making me laugh a lot, dude. Okay. And apparently this guy's been around since, like, he's been an internet dude, like, since the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, I've never heard of him. His name's Frank something or another. Um, but he, uh like, he's been sort of a, a, apparently a big deal for a long time, <laughs> so I don't know why I've never heard of any of this stuff before, but I, I just got caught on to this like a week ago or so. And there's there's tons of them. You can pick out any, but I started with the one about the, uh, the nudibranchs. The what? Nudibranchs. The what? Nudibranchs. They're kind of like a sea snail without a shell, but they're really colorful and weird looking. Okay. And uh, look up True Fang. Uh, it's spelled N U D I B R A N C H S, Nudibranchs. And uh, watch. It, it, that's where I started on it. It's not in any particular order. You can watch these in any, or- any order you want, but. Um, yeah, that's where I started. And it's pretty okay. funny. Pretty damn funny, man. Ooh, okay. they got one on tardigrades. <laughs> okay. But yeah, anyway, so I just wanted to mention that because I, I want to share share things that make me laugh.
1: Okay. Well thank you.
0: No problem. Um so okay, I guess that's it for this week. You can reach us at crankcast.com, crank, crankcast at gmail.com? Um Mike's website is I hate dot com. You can find art at Cadence dot com. Uh you can read some old battle pug at battlepug.com. Battle Pug, what a concept. <laughs> is that going on the cover now? Like
2: <laughs> what a concept. That's not impossible.
1: Yeah. This. Well, he said it as son of TV's Frank.
2: Oh,
0: that's a good so oh, it's TV's son of TV's Frank. No, TV's
1: son of TV's Frank.
0: Yeah. Um, when did Frank become TV's Frank?
1: He was always TV's Frank.
0: Was he always TV's Frank?
1: Yeah. Okay. Because he replaced Elvis, who was Larry, <laughs> Professor Larry, or whatever.
0: <laughs> I uh.
1: Wow,
0: man, it's hard to believe that because that show started in what, like ninety two, ninety one.
1: The show started in eighty something. Eighty something. Yeah.
0: My God, it's been going on for that long.
1: It was on KTMA in like the late eighties.
0: I don't think I saw it until early nineties. It was before the movie.
1: Yeah, but. It cartoon?
0: No, not
2: Cartoon Network. Yeah, Cartoon Network, right?
1: No, uh, it was on the Comedy Channel and then Sci-Fi Channel.
2: Yeah. And it wasn't on
0: MTV or something for a while?
1: No. No? It wasn't only on those two channels. Oh. Okay. And on VHS. And on VHS, yeah. And
0: on VHS. And I still don't understand. Now, I have, granted, I haven't seen it since it came out, so I don't remember how much more elaborate it was, but I don't really understand why
1: they made the movie. I don't either, and I haven't asked them. That movie was good. But, I mean, isn't it just an episode? It is just an episode. With a budget. With a yes, but but, but how much, how budgety can they, you get with puppets? They, like you know. Yeah, I mean they can't really they can't make it like the outside of the ship and stuff look more serious, but they can't go too serious, otherwise you lo- lose the whole point of the show.
0: Right. Exactly. Like, well, what's the point? Yeah, of making I never that a high understood
1: thing? <laughs> the concept of it either. I don't know if it was Joel's idea.
0: That's right. Because at
1: that point, Mike was doing everything.
0: Was he even? because Joel wasn't the sole owner for a long time either.
1: Yeah, there's a whole I never asked him about that either because you know, that's old news and I don't want to...
0: Right. Now, this is just stuff I've read. Like, it's
1: like him and his the producing partner, there was a, a schism there.
0: And that's why he initially left from what I read. Like
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: But he was still like co-owner, like 50% owner or something like that until later. Yeah, like, then he I was able to buy yeah. it out and become 100%. I think
1: it may have been like a you know, uh, like a I was going to say a Blaylock situation, but it wasn't because Blaylock didn't own Hackslash. But he, he, it was one of those things where he had to, like,
0: buy out the rest out. of it or
1: something. Yeah, something like
0: that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and all that's neither here nor there. I'm just, like I said, I was trying to figure out how, like,
1: why, why the
0: yeah, movie. Yeah, curiosity, <laughs> I get it, yeah. Because it just, I mean, the movie's. Just a show or an episode. (laughs) It is.
1: And I, yeah, I remember watching it thinking it was going to be something different, but it was was just an episode of the show. Yeah. I mean, at least. I think they thought maybe it was a good way of getting it uh, in more people's eyes.
0: Uh, Now, that would make sense, I guess. I mean, that would make sense. And maybe they thought it was actually going to spin off into a thing where they would do that, like, more frequently? Like, get it in theaters instead of just on TV? I don't know. But, yeah, I always thought that was strange, because it wasn't like Kids in the Hall. I mean, even though I I really didn't like the Kids in the Hall movie, um, that at least had a thing where it wasn't, I mean, it was just a TV show, but it was like the TV show plus or whatever, you know? But Or what
2: was that sci-fi show that they made a movie
1: about? Star Trek. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That, just, it, it, that, that, was, that was never that was, that was never was. good though yeah terrible, terrible. Or, I uh, feel bad for the people that like it it's
2: like I feel bad for the people who feel bad for people who like it
0: <laughs> it's like uh, you know initially they released the Buck Rogers TV show as a feature length movie
1: that was a TV movie
0: no it was actually in theaters it was? Yep. Yeah. What they edited the, the pilot, the two episode pilot into a feature length movie.
2: Mm. That's amazing.
0: And put it in theaters.
2: They also updated some of the effects. Yeah, you can
0: watch it it comes on a separate thing and you can watch it and it's it's different from watching the first two episodes.
2: That was what's his face from ILM, right? And Battlestar that did Buck Rogers?
0: Uh, I, I think they shared a ship designer and stuff.
2: McQuarrie did some of the designs. He, I, I know the ship design from McQuarrie, but they, they they used the um the it was uh Dexter that did the uh, motion
0: power. Oh. Well, on that note, Mike needs to go eat. So I uh, I think we're we're done, done, done.
1: And uh, oh, have, finally the show's over. I don't have to know, do it anymore. No, no, not that kind of
0: done. Oh. Behave, you saucy little minx.
1: <laughs> well, wow, it weirds me out when you talk to me like that. <laughs> well, all
0: right. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, hope everybody has a good weekend,
2: and um, yeah. you know, we'll see you all next week, maybe. <laughs> Bye.